talk about the generations and genders and how they relate to today's society. I'm Wade. I'm the dad. I'm Megan. I am the daughter. And today we're going to talk about society, in fact. Mm. Big, big topic. It is a big topic. And oh, I have a lot to say. I'm, you know, color me surprised. I know. It's not like I talk all the time. It is like you talk all the time. Shh, I have to maintain an air of mystery. Do okay. not give away my secrets. Okay, so... Be cool, Papa. Damn. <laughs> Be cool, Papa. Papa, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Okay, that was gentle uh, for those of you who didn't get that. So society. Uh, what does society mean to you, Meg? What is When I say the word society, what pops into that brain of yours? Fuck society. Okay, well, we're going to go right <laughs> out of the gate hot, are we? Hot take of the day. I took a sociology class and I've kind of been on a high horse ever since then. So you brought this on yourself. I did. So what did you learn in your society class or your, sorry, your sociology class? Well, it was a while ago. And by a while ago, I mean like six months ago. So So. the tension (laughs) is just dropping off, right? Yes. But um, back to the actual question of what is society? Yes. Society is basically... So you have your tribe, your family, and families grouped together make a society or just people in general. It's like the extension of your tribe. It's, yeah, it's a group of individual units coming together to ruin your life. Interesting definition. The actual definition I I get here when I look it up is the aggregate of people living together in a home in more or less ordered community. Did you know there's actually a thought that the reason societies were put together was because the brewing of beer? No, but please tell me more. I am suddenly very interested in society. Yes. So uh, remember that uh, water hasn't always been very clean. Right. In fact, um, for a very long time, uh, you know, you drink the wrong water. That would be the last drink you took. So <clears throat> that's why alcohol, be it wine uh, or uh, other types of alcohol, were preferred because you could drink that and not die. Uh, but the brewing of beer. So, you know, one person can make wine. Right. But the brewing of beer requires multiple Uh, things to occur and multiple skills to have. And so if you don't have all those skills put together, you don't have beer. So people started to gather together in the pursuit of beer beer, uh, and ended up, you know, kind of building a society of it. That's one one thought I, I just heard recently of why society came to be. But in was that on the side of a beer bottle? No, that was actually on a, on another uh, podcast that I listened to. But I digress about society. Let's talk <laughs> about how the generations and the genders relate to society because I think it's changed uh, obviously over time. Yes. And here we are in 2019 and uh, the I don't know that it's ever been more contentious than it is right now. I'm drawing a blank and please Ooh. forgive me. 
What does contentious mean? Contentious means uh, to be in conflict. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think society is is uh, uh, is trying to come to terms with some of the uh, newfound individuality and identities that have been put out there, be it sexual, be it racial, be it whatever, right? Um, again, when I was growing up, uh, you had homosexual, you had heterosexual, and you had bisexual. Yes. And nowadays the list goes on and on. And yes. many people from my generation are asking, why do we need so many labels? Why do we need so many different names to call people? Why, why do we need to be special snowflakes? Well, as a special snowflake... Myself. Society, um, even with how, I want to say, it's gotten more accepting, but it's still very rigid. Um, a lot of millennials, including myself, feel immense pressure from society. And I think in a way that the experience I don't want to say explosion, the exploration of sexuality, of gender norms, of work expectations, of expectations for where you should be in life. We're kind of, I don't want to say rebelling, but we're kind of like, we're not going to let other people tell us how to live. We're not going to, quote unquote, conform to gender norms or societal norms. We're going to make our own way. Okay, so rebellion isn't new. I mean, rebellion's been around for, well, since humans, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I don't buy it, right? I don't buy that uh, suddenly this generation, the millennial generation, has become the awoken generation. I take and offense to that, but please explain. That's okay. Um, the, <laughs> the way I explain this is, again, growing – when I was your age, um, you know, there was just as much – society or social unrest and pressure and uh, conflict uh, than there is today. I just think either we uh, handled it better, I mean, you know, we, we processed it better um, or we didn't, I don't know, we... Vocalize? No, we, we vocalized, right? There was definitely a, uh, a rebellious generation um and you know i'm wondering well okay so we rebelled right uh we we pushed back against our parents we pushed back against the um you know the the establishment we pushed back against the man right anarchy was a big thing when i was growing up um you know if you were an anarchist you were cool because, you know, there were no rules and, and you could do whatever you want and screw it. Right. And then somewhere along the line, um, that gave way to trying to figure out, you know, how, how to conform, I think a little bit. So you said that, Rebellion isn't new, that, like, every generation has their rebellion of sorts. Yeah. Do you think that your generation, or 
Do you feel like rebellions get stronger as the generations go? Like, is my rebellion better than your rebellion and your rebellion better than your parents' rebellion? Uh, I don't know if they're better. I think they're, they're, well, in in some ways they're a continuation, right? Mm Because the work is never done. Nope. And, you know, uh, you get to a point where you wonder if you're running out of things to rebel against. Oh, and then we'll always find something. I, I know. Well, and then that's it. That's the next thing, right? So you get to a point where um, you feel you feel better about what's going on, mm-hmm. right? So racism is still a thing. We have not, you know, cured solved racism. No, we have not solved gender equality. Nope, we have not solved, um, you know, uh, any type of of. Uh, equality around um, sexuality. Yeah, sexuality, religion, right? I mean, there's still a lot that needs to be done, mm-hmm. but it gets better. And when it gets better, I think people kind of calm down and or become more apathetic. And then the next generation comes around and says, you know, uh, work's not done. We'll pick up. We'll pick up now and go. So, I have a cool... No, I don't have a question. I have an answer for you. So, you say that the generation basically picks up where the last one left. More or less. More or less. All right, so... And this is just as far as I know. I don't feel like your generation was, like, big on... I feel like the the topics we're rebelling on are the topics we felt weren't covered in the previous rebellion, like sexual freedom. Um, I mean, women's rights has always been around. Have you not heard of the 1970s? Isn't that when Stonewall? It's not Stonewall. Yeah. No, you're, Stonewall? you're good. It's Stonewall? Stonewall, yeah. That's when that happened. But I'm also talking about sexual freedom. So the 1970s was free love, right? Sexuality became um, it came out of the bedroom. Right. Mm-hmm. And came out of the, the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it my my parents generation had enough of their parents generation because the baby boomers, which were uh, my parents generation. Yeah, I know. Um, they were very conservative. Right. Oh, you yeah. didn't talk about sex. You didn't talk about homosexuality. Um, you didn't talk about anything outside of the bedroom. And then in 1970s, you had this explosion of of sexual or sexual awakening mm-hmm. that occurred, and suddenly you could talk about it. Suddenly it was on mo- in movies and in you know uh, in the magazines, and uh, women of good society were talking about sex. And I think that uh, this is yeah, it is a continuation. But again, it was let's talk about sex, but. We still have genders, right? We still have male. We still have female. And, and you know, now it's just, it's, it's exploded, right? It's just become so complex. It, yeah, it's gotten a little complex, but I feel like one of the biggest things about kind of rebelling against society, because from what I'm hearing of you, Rebellion against society isn't anything new. It seems that every generation has at least one or two or 17 problems with their society at that time. 
And I don't think that's ever going to end. I feel like individuals are always going, well, hopefully not always, but there will always be individuals that are not happy with society and how it runs things. I, for one, am one of those ways. Because, yes, society has gotten more accepting and open, but it's still very... We know best, as a group, to tell individuals how to live. Right. And there's a lot of pressures from society on people in general. Millennials are feeling it pretty hard because we feel this pressure to be perfect. Like, But you're not unique in that. I think every generation feels the pressure to be perfect. Okay, we're talking about my generation right now. Calm down. <laughs> You're getting a little bit feisty over there. Not feisty and just very passionate. Yes. No, and you're right. Perfection isn't. But why anything? is that? Why? Why do? Why does every? Why do you think every generation feels that they need to be better, need to be more perfect than the generation before them? I think that is because we see the mess other generations have made, and we feel like we have to clean it up. Okay. Like, I believe it was the baby boomers that, due to decisions made in their generational time, the economy has become crap. Nope. Nope. Wrong. Your generation? Nope. The economy, so again, the economy is um, largely independent of society. Is it though? It, there, there obviously are uh, influences. But, you know, there's, um, I think there's, let's not talk about the economy, right? Let's get back to generations, okay. uh, sorry, generations and, and genders in today's society. So we're talking okay. about today's society. You're so right. we've talked about sexuality. Yes. We've talked about gender identities. We're not going to go through the complete list because I think, you know, we could probably have an entire episode on that. Yes. But let's talk about uh, relationships and how those have evolved, because I think that's where it boils down to. Um, And I'd love to talk to you about that after the break. Sounds great. Let's go pay some bills. Okay. Welcome back. So before the break, Meg, I'd asked or to talk about relationships. Yes. And the evolving nature of relationships. Yes. So in today's society, you have your traditional, and I use that in a uh, a loose term because I think that word has kind of lost some of its definition, but you have your traditional relationship C. of one man, one woman. Hi. Okay. Or a uh, a binary couple, right? Um, a a woman and a woman, a man and a man, right? Yes. So it's it's one and one, right? Um, but now we have a the concept of polyamory. Yep. Right. We have the concept of of um, you know polygamy, which is polyamory, but it's you are one, correct, one, sir. One to many, right? So. How 
How do you think we got here? I think that my generation has, I don't want to say come back full circle, but humans are not by nature monogamous because we're animals. We still have that. Spread the seed. Spread the seed, breed, uh, continue the lineage. Right. Mindset. Right. And even back when marriages became a thing, women had to stay monogamous, but men, they could have mistresses galore. Right. Because they were spreading their line, their lineage. That's all that mattered. It's a little more fair now. It's a little more. (laughs) I like that. Women are equality. Equality. And I myself am polyamorous. Uh Uh-huh. So it's, I, we realized that love is something that should be given and not restricted. Okay. Is that, is that good? If it's done in a healthy way, yes. There are plenty of people that use polyamory as an excuse to cheat. Is it good for society? I feel that, yes, it is, because we're becoming more accepting. What does our relationship status have to do? Like, what does it matter to you if I have one partner or two partners? If anything, it should be greater for society because, you know, society, it's growing. So let's go back to the definition of society. So it's a, it's a, uh, an aggregation of, of people coming together and living under pretty much the same rules. Yeah. So who sets the rules? And I mean, in, in the context of relationships, let's be very clear. So who sets the rules in the context of relationships? There are a lot of different places you can get the rules from. Right. You can get them from church, your parents, your friends, society itself. Right. Because society is becoming more accepting of non-traditional relationships, but they are still kind of more focused on like the one, like the monogamous partnership. They're more accepting of like pansexuals and bisexuals and um, non-binary people and all of that. But even when you still like see shows or movies like that, it's monogamous. I would posit that society sets the rules. I would say that basically whatever it is that we accept Mm-hmm. And we tolerate yes. becomes the rule. And why should we follow these rules? Who uh, should follow these rules? Well, I think it's important. Again, when I was growing up, anarchy was big, right? So, um, you know, screw the rules. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm not going to have to answer to anybody. Um, and uh, that that sounds great in theory, mm-hmm. but... Think about it. I mean, um, one person may say my version of anarchy is I don't want to bathe, right? I'm not screw societal norms. I'm not going to bathe. Me through middle school. <laughs> You're such a rebel. Uh, w- another person's thought may be I'm going to go murder whoever I want, right? Murders. And if somebody makes me mad, I'm just going to kill them because that's my rule. Right. You piss me off. You're, I end you. So I think that we do need rules. I think we do need structure. I think we do need consequence in order for us 
to, because you said yourself, we're animals, right? And for, in order for us to live together in, in some semblance of peace or harmony, we need rules. I understand that. And I agree to an extent. But where's the line? Again, I think the line is wherever society says. So I've seen the line move, especially when it comes to relationships, right? Again, growing up, um, homosexuality was barely spoken of, right? Um, I think, I can't remember when when Kinsey came out with his study uh, talking about the sexuality of human beings and the how- The Kinsey scale, right? Yeah, Kinsey scale. So it's a spectrum, right? You, on one side is homosexuality, on the other side is heterosexuality, and then there's a spectrum in between. Yes. And his, you know, to boil down years and years of research into a, a sentence, his, his thesis is that we all exist somewhere on that spectrum. Yes. Right? And that spectrum, you can change, right? Um, and it's natural and it's normal, right? And so um, that was an awakening, right, for a lot of people to say, oh, it's homosexuality is not some sort of defect, is not some sort of choice, is not some sort of, you know, uh, stigma or stain, right? It is natural. It is normal. Um, now, fast forward 30 years, we're still struggling with that. Yes. Right. You still have people who believe that it is a choice, mm-hmm. right? That, and, and they've, and I think that, um, again, society sets the rules wherever it finds acceptance or tolerance. I, I agree and I disagree. I feel like, yes, society has a place. Society should have rules. But when those rules start telling you how to live your life, that's not okay. Because no one should decide what's best for you other than you. I still feel pressure from society. Get a job. Pay taxes. Like, according to... That's not society that's telling you to do that. That's the laws of the land. Society would more be more like, shave your legs. Okay, yes. Shave your legs. Wear a bra. Right. Be feminine. Right. And I am rather feminine. I will admit that. But I hate bras. Okay. But society says I have to wear one because God forbid if anyone sees my nipples. Right. But yet it's okay if you can see men's nipples through their shirts. This is true. The only difference between men and women is I produce milk. In that logic, no. The you only sense- difference between is that your breasts are sexualized. True. So that's so. the difference, right? And that that's what it boils down to, is that it's because of the the the, the how do I put this? They're the nasty parts, the nasty bits, right? We've got to cover up the nasty bits. Yes, because my udders are so disgusting. <laughs> uh, I have never heard a person refer to them my udders. Oh, I have nice. many, many things I call my boobs. Yeah, I'm sure you do. One of them is Fred and George. Let's let's not I've get named into them. this. Okay, so coming back to societal norms and how uh, you know we. How does society evolve, right? What do you think? Um, what do you think the next evolution of society looks like for us? Honestly, I have no idea. I hope that it starts to look more 
again, has more general, like, don't murder, don't steal, like things that are for the better of society itself. Right. But it needs to move away from telling people in general what's okay for them to do and what not to do. I mean, there are overall truths that and morals that we know. Don't murder, don't steal, don't cheat on your wife or husband, like stuff like that. But it needs to move away from relationships are one-on-one. Um, men can do this. Women can do this. Men can't do that. Women can't do that because they say, for an example, we're going to go back to the bra thing. Right. They say, if I don't wear a bra and I go out of the house like that, right. then what's the oh, harm? I'm scandalous. Uh-huh. You can see my nipples. Oh, I'm so naughty. No, right. I literally do not wear bras because every kind of bra I wear gives me extreme back pain. Right. I am not wearing bras to be sexual. Or to be controversial. Exactly. Right. But society still says, we don't care about your comfort. You have to rein your sexuality in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. We don't care about your comfort. We have to, you have to rein your sexuality in. Yeah. Okay. That's why, sorry, that just sounded weird in my head for a moment. Um, Continue, please. Society does not give a crap if bras hurt me or not. got it. So they'd much rather me be uncomfortable than, God forbid, someone see my nipples because, you know, a guy or a girl might not be able to hold themselves back. Okay, got it. I don't feel like it's society's place to tell me what I can and cannot wear. Right. What I can and cannot do. What my relationships should look like. And and there's the rub, right? You're looking at this from a comfort perspective. Society is looking at this from a... a, uh, Pure, uh, puritarian? No, it's not the word I'm looking for. From a prudish, mm, prudish. Thank you, prudish perspective. So, I get all that, and and I think that uh, the fight goes on. So, here's the question for you: uh, One, what do you think your generation's mark is going to be on society? And two, what are your kids going to rebel against? Ooh, those are good questions. Thank you. I feel like my generation's mark is going to be there's so many things that it could be. It could be the um push for more acceptance for open or non-traditional relationships. Right. Like multi-partner relationships. It could also be cuz I know the women's movement right now is like they're working way hard to close like the gender wage gap and stuff like that. So it could be that. Right. There's so many different things that it could be. Yeah. But I want to s- equality. I think just I think equality. I think that's a good one. So again, we've already established that each generation looks at the generation previous to them and says, "Oh, we'll pick up where you left off." Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, without context or any type of history as to how we got there in the first place. True. So sometimes they go and solve the wrong problem. Yeah. And oftentimes there's a number. There are a number of false start stops and I'm sorry, false starts and stops mm-hmm. until that generation wises up and gets some education around what it yeah. is that they're, you know, they're fighting against. So what do you think, and let's close out with this. What do you think your kids are going to rebel against? What What is going to be left over that they're going to pick up? They may carry on the torch of 
Well, I hope they carry on the torch of trying to fix racism because racism, I know, is not going to be solved in my generation because it's so deeply seated. But so I think that they, they will continue on that torch. But I'm sure that they're going to look back at my generation and I can't myself think of anything right now because my generation is so awesome and we have no faults. I have no clue what my children are going to rebel against, but honestly, I'm excited to see what it is. Okay. Well, that's a somewhat hopeful note to end the the podcast on. Um, As we've always said all all the way through this, uh, this is a conversation and we'd love to continue this conversation with you. Um, And actually, I'd like to have that conversation on Facebook. We have a page, the Gen Gap Cap Gen Gap Cast. Well, it's hard to say fast. Uh, page on Facebook that you can go and uh, post your comments. Uh, we also have an email address, info uh, at gengapcast.com and a website, www.gengapcast.com. Yep. Where where can you find our podcast? Oh, let's list. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher, correct? Yes. We're on, oh, there's so many. Tune, tune it in or tune in. Tune in where you can tell your Alexa, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of Gen Gap Cast. Yep, it's awesome. So uh, let's. Thank you, Alexa. Oh, and it's playing. That's awesome. See, it works. Um. Well, anyway, <laughs> we're having a little bit of technical issues. That's fun. Well, you can find us anywhere and please rate us, leave us a review because that actually helps us a lot. Tell everyone you know about this podcast because that's also how we grow. Even just Did you know we have listeners in Ireland and Costa Rica? We also have some in Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico? Yes. Really? Yes. That's awesome. And France. We're international. We are international. Ah, it's so much fun. Well. Anyway, please help us continue to grow and we want our family to extend. Yep, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Meg. Um, just to remind you, I'm Wade. I'm the dad. I'm Megan. I'm the daughter. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening.